My name is Kyle Travis. I'm here with the man, James Abrat. And wait, why am I introducing? <laughs> uh, wait, don't you start it off? You say like you failed. All right, let's go. Well, we failed on this intro, and that works for me. My name is Kyle Travis, and I've failed too many times to attempt. I'm gonna have a couple more failures within this next uh, segment, and so buckle up and get ready. Oh, that was good. I actually, that was. I like both of those to be honest with you, so I'm good with either one. Well, welcome to the Failed Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Kyle Travis, which I'm very grateful. Successful basketball trainer, and um, he has amassed close to 200,000 Instagram followers, which is crazy and just killing it. You know, I've known him since I was in high school, and um, he is Mr. I Can Bebo himself. Throwback here, man child. Did you know we called you that? He goes way back. <laughs> yes. That was the eighth grade. They allowed me to play on the varsity team, on the, on the high school varsity team. And that's that stuck for a while. <laughs> I think I was a senior in high school, and uh -huh. they still called me man-child. Because the thing and was, like, you may not believe this, he's looked like this since he was in eighth grade. Okay? So when we were, like, I think I was, a, I was in ninth grade. I was a year older than you, or two years, something like that. I saw you, I was like... There's no way that dude's in eighth grade. Like, there's no way, dude. And, like, he was killing us. You know, we went, had our one-on-one -on -one battles. I was on the bench, and he was uh, doing step-back threes, you know. I, I'll say this. You were killing us so much that I think I was closer on defense than the defender was. Oh, from, I, from, from the, the bench. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were just killing everyone. I'm like, yo, he's doing step-back threes, man. Tell us a little bit about what yourself and what you do for the viewers that may not know you. So I'm, I was someone just trying to figure out what I wanted to do mm -hmm. uh, for a while. Within the past couple of years, I found my niche mm -hmm. and my passion for training kids in the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. um, but before that, I was searching. Mm -hmm. I had a solid position, a city job as an engineering technician. Mm -hmm. I would go out, do my own thing. I would be in the middle of the streets, put on a vest, put on my AirPods and just go to work. Uh, just make sure I don't I don't die. I loved it, but I knew I needed to do something more, and mm -hmm. I needed to find a niche. Yeah. And um, took a couple years yeah. of putting basketball training mm -hmm. in the back burner, and just uh, revisiting. I decided to put away excuses and, yeah. and go for it. Yeah. But it took me a couple years to finally realize what my niche was and. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it would be basketball training. It's just something I decided to put off just because, oh, I played basketball. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean I'd be a good uh, teacher of right. the game. I thought maybe I'd find a niche in, in stock market. Maybe I was, uh, uh, I had a, a knack for designing yeah. uh, a website mm -hmm. or Photoshop or video editing. Yeah. And it just took me to say, you know what? No more excuses. Yeah. I'm going to go build a court in my backyard. Yeah, I and saw so, that. I saw that. And the thing is, you love basketball and i'm glad that you're getting to do what you love it's interestingly i've i mean i've got i've gotten to i guess i don't know the word watch you from afar or examine you from afar but it's interesting to me your stories because of the fact that like you've been playing you I mean i'm pretty sure you had dreams of playing ball right absolutely yeah. absolutely and tell us a little bit about those dreams and really i guess your journey of it actually realizing it wasn't going to happen anymore. 
And I know that's hard um, to say if you're comfortable with it, but just when you had those dreams, because we all thought when we saw you in eighth grade, we were like, yo, this dude's going to the league. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What was your journey of, yeah, having those dreams, but then I guess, you know, it's the failed podcast. What was that failing point in your life then? So as a young kid, in my backyard, we had uh, dirt, and we put up a, a hoop back mm -hmm. there. It had one of those plastic backboards. So yeah. if you were to shoot a bank shot, it would just plop. Oh. So you had to shoot nothing but swishes. <laughs> yeah, you can't use the backboard. Yeah. Um, Everything but, will go in if you use the backboard. Well, it was my stomping <laughs> down. Uh, instead of going straight to the books or yeah. straight to a meal, I'd throw down my backpack and go straight to that backyard. Yeah. Um, little dirt area if I wanted to shoot a three. I would have to shoot it from our playground set mm -hmm. or from the grass. Right. Uh, to shoot an elbow jumper <clears throat> would be on a slab of bricks. Oh, and so not a lot of space to operate, but yeah. uh, I spent a lot of time yeah. um, in there. Eventually, my dad created like a six by six pad around the rim so you could do post moves, even though it was a guard. I loved operating in the post. Yeah. Just work on footwork stuff or stationary ball handling things. Yeah. But I, I remember looking into the camera and um, back when um, cameras were uh, half the size yeah. of the TV, yeah. uh, I said, um, my name is Kyle Travis, mm -hmm. and I'm going to play in the NBA one day. Yeah. And I must have said it multiple times um, throughout the years. Yeah. And it was my goal, and I worked hard at it. Yeah. was uh, one of the top players in Northern California coming in. Uh, then had a, um, an injury back-to-back -back seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, third game of the of my sophomore year yeah and then which was followed by a cardiac arrest um before the start of my uh junior season yeah um i was a four-year varsity starter so i was on pretty good track to go somewhere mm -hmm. perhaps um get some looks and uh there's i'm starting to uh, catch the eye of uh, some recruiters um once the acl um happened uh it took about nine months mm -hmm. to recover and that was one thing Four so the weeks. ACL was before the cardiac. So yeah, three. Okay. Uh, so third game of the season, my sophomore year, yeah. um, chased the guy down mm -hmm. um, and blocked his shot and uh, followed the ball as it sailed out of bounds. It was one of my best blocks I ever had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I pinned that thing um, yeah. and uh, I forgot to just forgot to land. The knee caved in, and I never had an ACL tear before, yeah. or never really had a injury that severe. But yeah. I knew. I tore my ACL, whatever that was. Yeah. I just knew it right then in that moment. There was 40 seconds left. And I Ooh. told the trainer, look, I I could run up and down. I just have trouble moving side to side right now. Can I finish the last 40 seconds? And then she said, mm-mm. And then I was like, it's 40 seconds, 40 yeah. seconds. Come on, it's a, it's a close game. Yeah. And she said, nope. As soon as we went to the locker room, the thing just swelled up. Ooh. And so, so the was adrenaline a, was like pushing you, huh? Yeah, so that was, oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I thought I could finish that game because yeah. with an ACL tear, <clears throat> it hurts for, yeah. um, it's, you're, you're in pain for a good five to ten seconds, mm -hmm. and it kind of just goes away. I was actually able to walk off the court. Really? A lot of people, you know, they're in pain, and they, they have that pain, and they're just like, man, I, I can't walk, yeah. and everything. And some, some tears are a lot worse. Sometimes you tear other ligaments. Yeah. After that tear... I always felt like I was a tough kid. My, yeah. my my dad, you know, taught me to to suck things up. Oh yeah, I know your dad. And, <laughs> yeah, one of the nicest guys. He yeah, wears a he smile. Is. 
but to his kids, it's oh. the exact opposite. <laughs> He's a gentle giant yeah. to me. Oh, Super man. kind, but I feel like I don't want to mess with this guy. You ever seen oh, like Samoans? I don't man. know what that, oh. like, you know the big oh, Samoans? Love, you're like, love, yes. you're like, dude, they're so nice, but you're like, I'm so scared of this dude oh, still. Like regardless, the wrong side that's the same it. as your dad, man. Yeah, so we'll be in the car and he'll lecture me for about an hour. Walk out of the car. <laughs> hey, brother, how's it going? <laughs> oh, that's so your dad. <laughs> so he just he was um, he was my big, biggest teacher uh, yeah. in life, and uh, he was a successful bodybuilder, and um, he didn't really know basketball, but he knew um, what it took. Um, and he studied the game yeah. with me. Right. So he would go to different camps. He would do research. And he helped me a lot with my yeah. basketball career. <clears throat> but besides all the skill stuff and rebounding for me, um, he just taught me just to sort of uh, just man up. And I loved contact. Now I'm a little more finesse. I don't like contact as much. Yeah. I'm try, trying <laughs> to save the joints. Um, but when um, I felt that pain, I just leaned up against the, the wall pad there mm. on the baseline, and then the trainers started coming over to me, and I knew I tore an ACL. But it was just pride. I just walked off. Yeah. I walked off by myself, and they were just helping me, and, and I said, I want to finish this last 40 seconds. Yeah. They said, uh-uh, and sure enough, um, <clears throat> after that thing sw- uh, swelled up, I was like, okay, the trainers were right. Yeah. It was a four-month process. Yeah. In the meantime, I was working on my handles. Yeah. So now I, I do a lot of drills and I post online mm-hmm. um, and they get good traction. I have yeah. an app where I display a lot of dribbling drills and different moves. Right. Partly because I spent that nine months work looking at other areas that I can improve in. Mm-hmm. When I was sitting in a chair or whether I was just standing in place, I could dribble two basketballs still. Yeah. And so that really helped. I didn't know that later on it eventually helped me, you know, 12, 13 years later. During that nine-month process, I was able to uh, figure out other things, do other things other than running around, use my mind more, watch more film. As soon as that period ended, I was cleared to play four weeks later before the season even started. During a practice, I black out and wake up in a hospital Ooh. they had told me i uh, suffered a cardiac arrest and i couldn't really remember a lot of things going on in the hospital apparently i would look directly at one of my family members but my pupils were dilated you know i was blind for several hours and everything i said i just kept on repeating and repeating one of the doctors had mentioned to me um, because they couldn't figure out um, what the cause was, we're, we're going to have to put a defibrillator in you. And yeah. when you have this defibrillator, you're not going to be able to play contact sports again, which means the game that I poured so much into, yeah. uh, despite uh, not just the ACL, but other injuries. I, you know, one summer I was in a cast. Yeah. I was, I was teammates with Damian Lillard at a basketball camp. Wow. And we got invited from there. It, it was a trial camp. It was a rebound. Reebok tryout camp in Sacramento. Yeah. Based on how well you did, they will sponsor you and send you to other camps for free. Yeah. We were teammates at the time, and I, this guy was good. This yeah. guy was good, but he wasn't hyped. In college, he was good. He wasn't hyped. Yeah. And led the league and score, uh, led the country in scoring at Weber State, and he wasn't hyped. Yeah. And there are right seasons now, he's not hyped either. <laughs> I was kidding. Now, <laughs> now top seventy-five player yeah, yeah. Uh, of all time for sure. 
Um, but we were teammates at that one tryout camp. Um, and I was not able to play in the camp they sent us to from there because <clears throat> my ankle was in a cast. So you did good in that camp. I did good in that yeah. camp. Yeah. Crazy. And so um, just a couple things, a couple summers were taken away from me. Yeah. And for a basketball player, that off season is huge. Oh, With yeah, the AAU sure. circuit, you get your name out there. Yeah. And now it's it's year round. It's AU's bigger than it's ever been. Yeah, they have multiple sponsored circuits. Adidas. You have your Nikes. Now yeah. you have your Under Armors. For sure. Whatnot. And I missed out a lot on those opportunities mm -hmm. um, due to injuries and just to have this cardiac arrest top it <sighs> off. That was the big one. Um, it was one thing to recover from injuries. You know, you go through your rehab process. Um, but when colleges heard that I had a cardiac arrest, that was a cause for concern. And they pretty much um, uh, scratched my name off the list. I was getting looks from junior colleges. All the yeah. local junior co colleges would show up to my game. But I really wanted that D1 yeah. look. And yeah. so what I ended up kind of turning down the local junior colleges. And at a youth conference yeah. one summer, decided yeah. to go to... Um, Bible college. And so I spent, um, I already, already spent um, a couple hundred bucks for a registration at yeah. San Jose State. Mm -hmm. I was just going to go and I was accepted into the uh, civil engineering department, already had registered. I was a student ready to go. Decided last minute, just go to Bible college, yeah. kind of give it just one year. Yeah. And that turned into three years. Yeah. And so what would have been my college years playing college basketball. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, studying ministry work, which, in essence, it helped me in a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I was getting recruited to play in the Philippines overseas. That didn't work. So, leading up to this point, a lot of hopes and dreams yeah. just sort of, you know, failed. Mm -hmm. A lot of hope, more hopes and dreams just took a left turn here, and... If it weren't for those, I wouldn't be in this uh, spot where mm -hmm. I am today. I'm not successful, mm -hmm. but I know I found my niche, yeah. and I love where where I'm going. Yeah. Um, if uh, something, um, if I would have gone that route, yeah, I feel like I would have gotten burnt out with a game uh, mm -hmm. that I loved. Mm -hmm. um, and this route that I'm on right now, it's it's so fun. I look back at those years. So when did you have the cardiac arrest? Like what, what grade were you? It was my junior. So junior it was, year. It was 2018. Okay. Oh, it was 2008. Okay. So junior mm -hmm. year. I remember watching you and I, I guess walk me through what was going through your mind. Because I, for me, and you may not realize this, but every time you would go to the gym, there was always one person watching you sitting by your dad. And that was actually me. I don't know if you remember that. I always talk to Brother Lyle. I always talk to your dad just to like see what's going on. And like, to be honest with you, I know there were haters at that time. I really did. Um, but for me, it was inspiring because I know for a fact that he told me everything. You know, uh, your dad told me everything was about what you're going through. And for me, to walk me through what was going through your mind because you had that heart problem. You had a defibrillator. And I remember there was one time you were shooting, you were doing all these drills and you couldn't even raise your left hand. Is that correct? Yes. You couldn't raise your hand over a specific area or something like that. And for me, I'm like, what was going through your mind? Like, were you practicing thinking, 
man, should I even do this? Or, or like, did that never cross your mind? So you mentioned you were right there, right <laughs> by my dad. I didn't, I didn't notice. No, no, you're good. I would just walk in and walk out. I, I was being honest. You were so zoned in, dude. I'm not even offended at all. It's just that that was the year that, um, fun fact, my freshman year in college, um, I didn't, I didn't have a, a green card. <laughs> So I couldn't work. So I would just like, dude, what do I do? And then I heard like you're practicing. I'm like, yo, let me watch this this guy play. Like it was, it was, you know, I was just bored. <laughs> I didn't know where to go. And then your dad was cool. You always talked to me. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go chill here for a minute. And then like, you know, and and then part of me too, freshman year, I was still kind of like, I was all right in basketball. Part of me was like, you know, let me see if I can play this guy one one. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> That's funny you say that because I, I didn't see you because I was locked in despite yeah. uh, everything going on. Yeah. I knew I wasn't uh, where I wanted to be. Yeah. I knew where I wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. And before it was the route of, oh, NBA. Yeah, yeah. And every kid wants to go to For the NBA. Sure. There's kids who come in who are not very good. And when I talk to them, they say, I want to make it to the league. Mm-hmm. And they're dead serious. Yeah. And I'm asking myself, I'm thinking, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> but they're serious. Yeah. Everybody and wants the NBA. No matter what level, everyone wants to play in the NBA. And you have to be realistic. Around that time, I was a little more realistic. Yeah. I thought, you know, I could play in the Philippines. Yeah. As an overseas, as an American. Yeah. Despite having Filipino blood. Mistisa, they love that. In the Philippines, you could be an actor too, you know. <laughs> that was exactly it. They said, "With well, the ads, yeah, no. you know." I was like, "You know, I'm gonna, I'll just take on these ads, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'll maybe play a movie role, yeah, yeah. you know. I'll just stay away from like the the hardcore liquor ads, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'll just go in there and just do my thing." By the way, he's actually he could play the violin and sing. So, hey, Philippines, if y'all still want somebody right here, <laughs> oh man. And so, during this uh, during this uh, change of scene, so around that time, yeah. Um, so after so after they put the defibrillator in me, yeah. Uh, a year later, I guess one of the screws broke. Mm-hmm. I was warming up on the bench press, and I thought the weight just fell on my chest. Oh. I, I racked it. Wait, the weight is right here. What was? Oh man, my thing must have went off. Dang. And so it went off on me three times in one week went in and they had to go in and um go back in there and replace it this was a year after they just put it in and so i had to uh, sit out for about four weeks or so and when i finally was able to lift it back up uh it was a it was an easy uh recovery yeah Uh, after four weeks i was finally able to raise it up yeah uh the coach of the school had asked me, uh, the, the church school had asked me, uh, Brother Thompson, to, to play for them yeah. during the fine arts. And I, that's the time frame you're talking about because I would go into the gym to, yeah. to practice, but I couldn't lift it up because they, you know, they just went back in there. And I had like essentially two scars on yeah. top of each other. So I was just doing a lot of one hand stuff, yeah. one hand stuff. The day I was able to lift it again, he comes in, hey, you want to play for us? And so that's. Um, um, that's when I was able to revisit and that's when I was uh, hanging around the, the college a lot, yeah. uh, you guys yeah. and whatnot. And you guys were fun to, to hang around. You guys were fun. 
Not gonna lie, I could hear what you guys are saying, uh-huh. but I never look or anything. I could I could hear it, but then I'm I'm focused. Yeah. But not gonna lie. I was I was Dude, laughing inside. I was me, having a good time. Me and Jeff Harrell were the commentators for those games, your games. We were trying so hard to get your attention so many times. Yeah, like, I, I heard go. you. I heard you. <laughs> I did. Go, go, go. go. Say hi I actually heard you, but I was just like, I was just like, oh no, I'm locked in. I'm, I'm yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, looking back at it, I'm like, I should have lightened up. Yeah, I should have yeah, said yeah, what's up. Me, you know, <laughs> nothing's nowadays. Nothing's serious. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I get crossed up, hey man, good move. Man. Yeah, yeah. Before someone crossed me up, oh man, I'm, I'm getting right back. I think it's because you know, because with age, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I heard like, you guys. I was out of time. I wanted to look but i was like no nah, yeah no nah, man i'm zoned in you know yeah scouts might be here you know <laughs> let me ask you this i know personally and this is different my injury is not his injury it's the injury of uh eating too much um and that's why i don't play as well on the court anymore but i'm pretty sure i deal with this frustration when i play ball i'm like you know i'm a lot heavier than before i'm like i cross up i'm like oh good crossover i look up and i'm i'm trying to go for the layup i'm like a lot farther from the rim than I wanted, and I'm like, what the ghetto? <laughs> but but I know for a fact that there are times when I play ball now that I'm like, dude, I know I could destroy this kid right now, but my body won't let me. Was there that frustration after the surgery and all that stuff that you're like, dude, like I know I could be killing this team right now. I just my body won't let me. Was there was there a period of that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> And I was gonna say, bro, you, you just you just gotta start becoming a shooter. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, just yeah, off the yeah. bounce, just sell drive and shoot. Yeah. You know, you never have to drive. Just yeah. Just, just have shoot. the threat of it every time. Yeah. Uh, but my my steps were a little slower. Yeah. Just because missing nearly two years of basketball. Yeah. And so it took a while just to get my step back. Was it I frustrating? I don't. I. I it, it definitely was. Yeah. So when I was recovering from, or when I was waiting to get cleared from the cardiac arrest, mm-hmm. I had broken out. Um, if you looked at me straight on, you couldn't tell, but my whole sides, just all my cheeks and the sides of my, my foreheads, I still have scars there uh, to really? this day. Like just, um, just indentions of just all these uh, pimples. And I was just under just so much stress um because i was trying to be patient and with a cardiac arrest there was no specific timeline yeah so with an acl they'll uh clear you the hospital or the your physical therapist will clear you around six months the school trainer cleared me up at nine months but i knew that coming in and with a cardiac arrest you know, you're just visiting different doctors, having these conversations. Yeah. Can I play? And they're saying, no, you can't. We're trying to figure out a solution. Yeah. My dad made a, like a fiberglass protector. Yeah. Um, and he attached it and we stitched it to a shirt. So that way it would protect the, the device. And um, we, were, we were just going to rock with that. Yeah. And so finally we found someone in San Francisco. <clears throat> Um, uh, a UCSF doctor yeah. who finally cleared us. Yeah. Um, with our regular uh, physician, we were, he wasn't budging. We weren't, you know, getting anywhere at all. We um, decided to go somewhere else, finally got cleared. And so that really 
you know, helped out uh, yeah. uh, a, a lot. And finally, could see uh, some light. But at yeah. the time, just under stress, just because there's no time frame. Yeah. You just you, you just don't know. I thought, I'm just going to go run track. Yeah. You know. Would you say, because, I mean, this is the failed podcast. Would you say that was, I guess, I don't want to say failure, but a very, probably the lowest point in your life? Would you say that was it? In some ways, it can be seen as failure because yeah. you have expectations right. versus reality. Yeah. And when you fall short of your expectation by a mile, yeah. it, just, it, it feels like failure. And it's amazing to me you say that because it's not like it's you're doing a failure. It's not like you did the failure. You know what I mean? Life kind of just happened. And I think if we're not careful two things happen some people there's the self-inflicted failure of course they don't want to it's hard to get up from that many people go through that but there's also infliction of failure from surroundings and now they're just stuck there because they kind of use that as a crutch or as an excuse really Uh, you know people use that as an excuse oh life failed me well and then but that's not an excuse to continue failing what is your i guess your message to those that when life hits you with something so severe like this and you feel like a failure what's I mean, what are your tips for people or mainly young people, young adults that go through that? At the time, just going through a couple years of just nonstop, just injury, incident, yeah, closed doors. I didn't think about doing something else. Yeah. I kept pushing for it up until when literally there was, uh, I, I kept pushing until another door opened. Right. Yeah, never thought about quitting. Never yeah. thought about stop, uh, stop working out. You know, um, I still hardly took days off. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, and even when I was at the Bible College, yeah, I would still go into the gym, get shots up, uh, get my workout in, go yeah. and lift. I tried to work a part time job that way I had time to train. Yeah, I just never looked back and. Um, and quit wasn't in uh, my vocabulary yeah. or in my thought process at all. We were going to keep going. Yeah. And the only time I decided to, I'm not going to say quit, yeah. but go a different route was when another door had opened. Right. At the time, that other door was a full-time job. With a full-time job, it was a city uh, position, so you have nice benefits, <clears throat> a good retirement. Mm-hmm. I looked at it and thought, you know, I'd be making more here than playing professionally overseas. Right. To play professionally overseas, I would have to go through a certain route, the development league, and then hopefully get drafted. Right. And then in your first year there, they don't pay you that much just yet. So it would take a couple of years. But yeah. right off the bat, I thought, look, I have job security with this position. Yeah. And maybe it's time to really start thinking about my professional career in terms of just being able to provide, save up, yeah. you know, the next phase of life. Yeah. And so that's when my mindset had switched. I had to shut down the professional uh, ambitions mm-hmm. as a basketball player and went the professional route mm-hmm. as far as uh, being a career person. Yeah. And did that for close to eight years. When did... It hits you to finally say, you know what? I'm going to chase my dream. I'm, I'm locking my phone because I have questions here. <laughs> but um, when did it finally hit you? You said, you know what? 
man, I'm going to chase my dream, you know? And, and, and you said, you know, another door opened, but now I guess in a way that door in basketball opened again, when did that happen? Or what was your thought process? And like, what, what happened? How did you get back to it? This whole time, basketball was always there. Mm-hmm. I was getting invited to playing leagues. I was right. asked to train someone's kid yeah. this this whole time. And I would join leagues here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the leagues I played in, uh, they actually had some former college players mm-hmm. in it. Some of them were really competitive. I would lead the leagues in, in, in scoring. Although they're adult leagues, they had guys that can play in it. So I still had it. But I was content just to work a day job, yeah. job security. So I was comfortable. And so for a couple of years, I was comfortable. We started a side job with my dad, flipping yeah. homes, working construction. And it was extra income. It was cash. And I thought, wow, this is, this is cool. Never thought about having a side job. Always thought about having hobbies and really wanted to do more things on the side. Mm-hmm. When I would get off work, I would either if I didn't go to do, if I didn't go to 24 Hour Fitness to, to play, I would take one of my siblings. We would go out and just adventure, try yeah. a new uh, food spot out, yeah. um, catch a show, whatnot. You know, go um, to some entertainment venue and just kind of explore a little bit. So I wanted to enjoy that side of things because mm-hmm. for years and years, I was just locked in. Yeah, life was great, but. I wasn't experiencing much of it. Yeah. And so for, for a few years, I just wanted to just kind of enjoy, just yeah. catch up. Yeah. It felt like, you know, and just start to explore. Um, I missed out a lot of things, especially in the summer, just mm-hmm. because I had my head down and was go, go, go. Yeah. Now, you know, making an income, wow, we could um, pretty much we do uh, stuff, <laughs> other things. Had some, had some freedom, so it yeah. was nice. When we did the, that side job, yeah. I thought, you know what? There's still a lot of time left in the day when you yeah. get off of work. So I went to look into just side jobs. Yeah. I thought maybe I have a niche for graphic design. Yeah. Maybe have a, a niche for reselling. Yeah. I actually bought a car and at the Honda dealer, picked out the, the showroom car. It was a Honda Fit. Now, it was it was volt yellow yeah. with a black uh, roof, custom rims. And I was going to put that up on Toro, mm-hmm. which is essentially the Airbnb the yeah, yeah. <laughs> of cars. And I wanted to start my own little line yeah. of cars, maybe start with have a small fleet. I don't know if I wanted to grow from there, but just see how it went. Yeah. And that was my first venture into having my own uh, side gig. Yeah. As soon as I took that car home, my sister was telling me how, oh, wow, that's, that's a nice car. I need a new car. <laughs> So I made the payments, and she just paid me back. Oh, my god! So that was her car. So there, there went that uh, ambition. Decided to go a, a different route and just started to look into some things. I picked up the guitar. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll make some YouTube covers. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the greatest singer. I just enjoy doing it. Yeah, yeah. And so I started... If you want to see more YouTube covers by I Can V-Ball, comment down below. I'm down. I want to see it. <laughs> Oh, man. So picked up the guitar, learned yeah. uh, some of the basic chords. Yeah. Could never get the finger style down. I'm more of a, more of a strummer. Yeah. So I got the basic chords down. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. I, I wish I had more time in a day because I would definitely devote it to yeah. doing guitar stuff. Yeah. And so once uh, I started figuring out 
that I wanted to do a side gig, start mm-hmm. watching entrepreneur videos. Yeah. And that's really what did it for me. Yeah. Watching the on, entrepreneur stuff, finding different ways to, you know, um, get passive income. Yeah. You know, big one. You know, you have your nine to five, which fuels your investments. And then what you do yeah. after your, your nine to five, you know, that's that's when your day really starts. Is, yeah. You know, f- watching all this stuff. And I really wanted to do something more. So mm-hmm. I decided, you know what? I have a niche for this basketball thing yeah. I've been putting off for years. Yeah. I'm going to stop making excuses because I want a side gig now yeah it's it's been a it's been a while it's been about uh three years entertaining the idea i just got to do it just drop all excuses i think i might have a niche for this so i started watching a bunch of videos on instagram Mm -hmm. other trainers big name trainers doing their thing i thought i could literally do that same thing yeah literally started doing that same thing um but i didn't post anything put it up yet just made little videos on my own I'm like man this doesn't look too bad yeah i told my folks i'm gonna tear down these uh all these fruit trees all 17 fruit trees oh, <laughs> we're gonna put a basketball court yeah in there that weekend chopped all the trees down and then started digging away i love that your parents were i mean was there a push back or no they were all, all for it they didn't have to clean up the fruit, tr- uh, the oh, fruits that <laughs> fell on the floor anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you go. Oh, they were the, fine with that. <laughs> you go out into the backyard. There's rotten oranges. Oh, okay. You so. know, it just no one's maintaining the trees. So back you solved there. the problem for them then. Oh man, you'd have to rake it every once yeah, yeah. in a while, especially in the fall time. Every weekend, just out there raking. Yeah. Zero maintenance now. <laughs> I still remember that time too. It's it's so crazy that you say that because I'll tell you this story. I have. A similarity to that because of the fact that i've been trying to avoid i feel like for years i'm a graphic designer and a web designer a good and, one too oh man a good one that. we hired this guy <laughs> well that's why it's interesting because for the longest time i've been trying to avoid it um i just felt like i've always been there i did a lot of side gigs i still do side i did side gigs you know for churches here and there and i just kind of avoided it for the longest time you know um, and finally, I said, you know what? I, I tried other things. I, I literally tried other things. And even though, and I feel like that's such a weird excuse. You're so good at something. Go for it. And I feel like you kind of went through that, too. Kind of hit you that epiphany that, dude, I'm so good at basketball. Why not do my side gig in basketball? And for the longest time, I tried to avoid graphic design. I really did. I tried to do a clothing brand. I tried to... I tried to bake. <laughs> I did literally start a bakery. Um, and then I even tried to um, I, I tried to do a jersey company. I don't know. I, I think I called you a couple months back about that. But finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in on the web design and graphic design. And of course, I'll do like the podcast and all this on the side. Like, I'm going to go all in to finally be serious about it. And the first person that called me was your brother. And I'm just like, wow. And you have no idea how much has helped. I've had other, you know, I've I've had a couple more now already. And but like, man, I, I'm forever. I'm seriously grateful because I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm going to go all in. Who's going to be my first client? Like, I have no idea who, if, you know what I mean? I, I literally didn't know. And then your brother called and then I'm like, OK, yeah. And then I remember it, it worked out because, you know, he was like, yeah, I need a, I need a brand. You know, I need a logo for this camp. And I was just like, all right. And it worked out because I was sick. I had COVID. I told him, I'll get it done Friday. I got it done in a day. 
because I was sick. I, I didn't know where to go. I, I had nothing to do. I'm like, fine, I'll get it done. And he was like, dude, you're so fast. And I'm like, turn around. With <laughs> and and I've always been fast because like I did it for church. Like it's crazy. The hardest client I've ever worked for was my dad. My mm. dad's crazy. My dad would be like, literally, because you know in our church, you know he wants the graphics up, custom graphics, right? He'll give me the outline for his sermon. I don't even know his title. During the second song, <laughs> he's about to preach. I'm like, there's like a song. There's, I'm lucky if we have a special. I'm like, there are times we don't even have a special. There's just offering, you know, and then him now. So I'm over here like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like just designing. And the next thing you know, like I hear like the piano starts playing and then there's like a special. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like I got like five extra minutes, you know. Please repeat the chorus. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Come on. Somebody get convicted or something like, you know, keep singing. I was like, please, please, please. And then I get it done. And I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I was able to be trained for that because I didn't know what life was going to, you know, take me. So it's crazy. And it's exciting for you for, to say that because like I said, uh, there's young people that have asked me. I've had this question in my class before, and they said, if you're a talented person, and they're not trying to be cocky, but what do we go for? And they literally go, what do, what do we do? Like, I don't, the problem with this is, it's not like we don't want to go for it. It's just, we don't know which one to choose. And I feel like that kind of helps answer that, you know, because I told them, go for the thing you're most skilled at and something you love. And I feel like you kind of reiterated that by finally deciding I'm going to go do basketball. <laughs> so that's that's really exciting, man. And, you know, um, let me ask you, got a couple of questions here. Well, somebody asked what motivated you to become a trainer. So that's John Narr in Instagram said, what motivated you to become a trainer? So I know you said finally decided basketball, but I think you talked about that, the entrepreneurship that you, what motivated you to go, you know what? I actually want to train kids. I want to do that, like more specific. Well, in high school, I was helping kids. Yeah. My dad would work out, um, uh, a couple kids from the church yeah. and I would always be there pretty much demonstrating it. Yeah. He would tell us what we're doing and I would demonstrate I've it. Seen that. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah. And then I got paid 5 bucks to train <laughs> an 8th grader. And I was like, "Man, 5 bucks? This was this was easy money." Because it was basketball. Yeah. It's not like it was work. Yeah, and so I was doing it in high school. Yeah. And um, just over time, just I would always have a parent just asking me to, to work with their kid. Yeah. And just it's literally just been something I put off yeah. for years. Mm -hmm. I revisit it because I was looking for that side gig. Yeah. But then when I started watching other trainers, I knew I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout my basketball career, I was always watching training videos. Yeah. I loved it. It was my Netflix. But did it hit you that, wait, I could be the trainer? No, because, <laughs> and I wanted, I wanted to play. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I was in love with these videos. Yeah. I remember these videos would be $40 a pop, but yeah. we'd, we'd, we'd go and buy it. I'd buy the whole set, the ball handling, the shooting, the defense. I remember those. I remember know, those. Yeah. And it was so, back in the day. Y'all don't understand if you're young. You just got YouTube. We had to buy this stuff, bro. Oh, VHS, yeah. DVD. Nothing came free. Bro, Nothing better basketball. Oh, man. Bought the whole set, better basketball. Dude, I, dude, yeah. I, I, man, it's funny you say that because I'm like, some of these kids are so lucky. Dude, mm -hmm. back in the day, we would be like, when we would get a better basketball, we'd be like, yo, I've never thought about that. Like, that's, that's crazy. Like a drill, you know, like, 
Yo, I never thought about. Yeah, that is a cool. A cool. It does help. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you had to pay, man. Yeah, you know what I'm and so that just uh, it was always there in the back burner. Yeah, and there came uh, came that point where I needed to do something now. Yeah, and I just like had to pick something, and then as soon as I started watching these videos of other guys, like, wait. This I've never heard of this guy before, but yeah. he's blowing up. I could literally be doing the same thing. Yeah. And so, um, sure enough, literally just started doing the same thing. Yeah. And it started kicking in. I yeah. was like, wow. That's um, crazy. Basketball is one thing, but to teach it is an entirely another thing. True. True. But because I watched so many training videos, mm-hmm. I knew there was detail, like within the game, and. I always had a knack for details. My dad has even a bigger knack for details. Yeah, he's a he works for the city. We were actually like coworkers. He helped yeah. get me in, and he could spot something if a contractor um, doesn't have the ground leveled. Mm-hmm. He could see it. He's yeah. one of the be- best inspectors. Yeah, um, working you know alongside you know with uh engineers and you know getting to know other contractors and yeah. whatnot my dad has an eye yeah. he could see those things yeah i kind of inherited that when it comes to the details to the game, so i can yeah. see the details and help someone out with their with their footwork yeah and it kind of comes from him so yeah. I, I knew i had to take that detail aspect mm-hmm. and not just being able to do something but know exactly what you're doing yeah. step by step for sure and i just had to tie that in together my sister is a teacher i knew i had to somehow bring a teacher out of me i never really wanted to be a teacher never saw myself as one but i knew i had to pull that element out and learn that aspect to be able to relay the message yeah Yeah. because um when i saw what other trainers were doing Mm -hmm. and i thought i could do the same thing um just immediately clicked and um that's what really got me um to really want to become a trainer yeah what were some what were some things that you did to overcome some trials that you went through like maybe whether it be mentally or something physical to to kind of help people out and i know i guess we're kind of going back a little bit but you know with with those trials this was a question somebody asked but what were some things you did to overcome those trials look at the big picture Mm -hmm. if i looked at the now and if i looked down at my knee and the stitches, if yeah. I looked down at my chest and the scars, I would have been really discouraged. And obviously I did. I had to check up on, yeah. you know, the wounds and whatnot and change the bandages. But if I just sit there and stare at it, yeah. I'm not, not going to be going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I have rehab to do. I got to yeah. stretch out that knee. Yeah. Then pretty soon I have to start exercising it, strength of the muscles. Mm-hmm. If I just stare at it, you know, just discouraged, looking at this big old scar in the front of my knee, they just yeah. took a piece of my patella yeah. tendon out. And it's then now crazy. I'm going to have probably tendonitis yeah. from it. If I just sat there and looked at the now, yeah. you're not you're not going to get anywhere. So when you step back and you look at that big picture, like, look, this is just going to be for nine months. Yeah, Nine months, you're going to be able to recover. As long as you work hard, you're going to mm-hmm. be able to get back on track. Yeah. So what? You're a little bit delayed. But you, when you look at the big picture, you have a good 15 years of tread yeah. on, in your legs where you can play uh, this game. So what's one, maybe two years? Yeah. You're going to have 13 years left. Exactly. So just when you look at that bigger picture, yeah. that's what really helped encourage me. And I think that's with young people and young, you know, this is what 
this podcast is aimed towards more for young people and young adults i feel like the failures they go through like i don't want to belittle it but like you know they're like oh man i broke up with my girl or something like that and they're so down and i and i get it like it sucks but like at the bigger picture man like did you really think you're gonna marry this girl? You know what I mean? Like when you're 13, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like, but that's what I'm saying. It is good that you talk about the big picture because it's like, bro, you were 13 years old. Like, bro, you're not marrying this girl, okay? And um, and by the way, I mean, right? But you know what I mean? Like, it's the small pictures or even like failing a grade or failing a class. It's like, man, when you look at the grand scale of life. It's okay, man. Like you'll be fine. Don't dwell on it. Don't don't be stuck on it. And and I'm glad you talked about that. I have a couple questions here, and we'll talk about these questions. Some of them, these are just questions that I put out there on the poll. See if anyone has any questions. By the way, forgot I didn't start the podcast with this, but I'm gonna say it right now. We're both wearing Adidas Yeezys <laughs> sneaker. I'm wearing the Yeezy Zebras. He's wearing the Yeezy. I forgot which one is this one. My, my lady got it for me. Okay. So, we both wearing Yeezys. This is my first pair. This See, is my first pair. For real? Yes. What? You, yes. I know I've been rocking Adidas for a long yeah. time. Still do. Yeah. My first pair of Yeezys. Man. See, so, I knew that. I was like, yeah. yo, he's an Adidas man. I got I to gotta rock Adidas, you know? It's funny. I interviewed Josh Nolan last night, and I was wearing uh, Kobe 6s, and he was like, oh, I'm wearing work, work boots. <laughs> <laughs> like he, I'm just like I know you may not care, but I I've been doing this every episode so far. So hey, I'm wearing the Kobe sixes. He's just like, but anyways, uh, question here by Sir Jack Bumotad: Who's the worst person you've ever trained? No need to discuss, disclose the name. Was it? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Maybe just John Darby. I love you, man. What? I picked up John Darby for my intramural basketball team, and we won two championships together. Really? He wanted some lessons. Yeah. And he's a cricket guy. Yeah. But I will tell you this: in the the time we we worked together, I'm pretty sure if he ever sees it, he doesn't mind me saying it, but. It doesn't matter where you're at. The fact that you want to get better at something, mm-hmm. that shows a lot. That's that awesome. shows a lot. I love that message, and so, man. Yeah. You know, I think of like Pascal Siakam when he was in the NBA. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't really highly sought out, but I mean, he became an mm-hmm. NBA champion, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm Shout actually, out I'm to actually, Pascal Siakam. I'm actually working with a kid right now. He's a freshman in high school, 6'3". He has some length. Mm-hmm. Literally had to start from scratch. He came with pretty much zero experience. He's yeah. a freshman in high school, dude, and been working for, with him for the past couple months. For the first couple of weeks, it was yeah. just we hardly didn't even move. It was just looking at how to shoot. Um, he could barely dribble. Just form shooting, huh? Man, form shooting and just uh, just stationary dribbling. Didn't even. Um, I don't remember going up and down until maybe the second month. And Dude. so yesterday we were just looking at um, a little more, I'm going to say advanced crossover because yeah. there's a lot of details in it. Right. And off that crossover, uh, he got into a swing set finish. So it's not like a Euro step. Right. It's a, a lot of people get confused with a Euro step. They're so used to doing a Euro step. This yeah. footwork is a little tricky. Yeah. Your first step is across your defender. 
And that could throw people off because they yeah, want to yeah. go into the Euro step when instead your first step has to be across your defender. And we spent some time doing it, and I'm like, wow. I kept, I just kept going, wow. Do you remember where we started? Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's awesome to I, see. I love that you said that because I, co- you know, I coach, I coach girls basketball now. I don't coach the guys basketball anymore. Um, funny story is pretty much it's not funny, but pretty much Jerry. I gave the team to Jerry, and I'm like, I'm done coaching. I've retired. And then two years later, I realize in our school, he's coaching both the girls and the guys. And I know how that hard that is to coach two teams. So I'm back at coaching, <laughs> but I'm coaching a girls team. But I love that you said that because so many people, and I'm pretty sure you know this, is they just want to get. They're like, really, we're gonna do the same drill or, or the same, you know, like form shooting for a month. Like, when am I gonna get to the, I guess, the fun stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But really, that's so important. Mm-hmm. It's so important to just like, dude, we gotta work on your form. The reason why we're still on the form shooting is your form is off. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You're shooting with your arms. You ain't shooting with your legs or whatever, you know? Just so, like uh, just like Daniel's son. He's yeah. Like, Mr. Miyagi, why am I waxing hey. the floor? <laughs> you know, why am I, why am I paying the stupid fence? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Karate Kid. Yeah. Season, what is it? Cobra Kai season six coming up? Is it? Yeah. Man. At last I checked it, it was on season four. Man. Yeah, dude. They're moving. Yeah, dude, that that show is so amazing to me because they literally got the original cast. I'm like, yo, what the this this That's deserves wild. an award for something. That's I don't know what it is, but like, wild. yeah, how you find all these people in all walks of life, like, still find them. I was like, what the? Anyways, yeah. we'll segue to the next no, question I, here. <laughs> no, speaking of, it's you look at a guy. He took a kid in. The kid wanted to learn uh, karate. He's like, I saw what you did. Yeah. I saw how you protect yourself. I want to learn karate. Yeah. I'm getting picked on at school. Yeah. And when someone just wants to learn something, yeah, um, you right away you know that you know they they have some humility, mm-hmm. and so the people that come to me, they have they're coming in with humility. Mm-hmm. Someone with an ego, yeah, is not going to come to me because they 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 know what to they do. They think they know they're better than yeah. You know, so that stuff. I'm fortunate to yeah. the people that I get. Or they want to learn. Let me and ask so I'm actually really privileged to be in that kind of situation. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you this. As far as the people you've trained, do you do you prefer I don't know if it was if it's better, maybe you could tell me if it is better to have, or maybe it's just preference, but do you think that I guess a hard work, humble attitude outweighs a talented, privileged attitude? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. From with my line of work, yeah. someone that comes in with an ego yeah. doesn't expect to pay for m- my service. Yeah, it's my I'm giving them value yeah. and time, yeah. and they expect to just be handed that for free. Mm. A lot, a lot do, and the ones that respect my time mm-hmm. and are willing to, you know, Listen. pay for a service. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in. And do you see that they're actually sometimes getting to the point that their growth is faster than the ones with the ego? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because guys with, with an ego, yeah, they, they got it down. Yeah. You know, they, they don't, they don't need help. They're good. Yeah. They're good. The guys that know they need some work will spend some time and yeah. put in the extra work and it'll show. Yeah. It shows. But I think with the hard work, eventually 
it gets to the point where they develop hard work sometimes better than the ego people or the talented people and then mm. next thing you know it gets to the point that they are somewhat better yeah i don't know if you've seen that i just feel like with b i said this to one of my podcasts before why why i consider myself a failure but then of course i talk later on about success i mean mentally i feel like success is different. but <laughs> i talked about how like i was talented and i feel like sometimes i was kind of like what you're talking about but on the other side not on basketball but in other things i was more of the ego talent person but because of that there are so many people with time the people that were my peers who were more hungry hardworking, now they're better than me in things that i was more talented in and i don't know let this be a lesson kids hard work out here always talent oh what was that a kevin durant quote Work Yo. hard. Hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. Oh my goodness, I didn't even plan that. <laughs> Sticky Kevin Durant, dude. <laughs> Anyways, hey, good quote, but man, you gotta stop. Anyways, and your burner phone. <laughs> so let's segue from this next question. What are some tips for someone who wants to play at a higher level but started late? Not necessarily NBA, but like maybe they want to play in the Philippines or something like that, but they started pretty late in life. What is your. Mm tips for that i take on adults i started a an adult group mm-hmm. now with adults it's it, it's tough to get them because sometimes yeah. they have to work overtime it, yeah, it's a tricky sure. group but there are adults that i do work with mm-hmm. and some of them um ask me hey do you have any beginner classes for a, oh, adults wow. really and so there are some adults who still want to learn yeah and with them no matter where you're at um, you still have to, you know, master the fundamentals, go yeah. through the basics. For sure. Right. And so just because they're older doesn't mean um, you you give them something that's hard to chew on. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to you have to ease them in. Right. Mm-hmm. Lay the proper groundwork out because with an older player, there is a lot of habits. Yeah. You know, and not just, you know, not just basketball, but just, you know. You life know, 25 <laughs> years of moving a certain way mm-hmm. you've always kind of stepped awkwardly you always had these like awkward movements yeah maybe you've always had some natural movements but no matter what there's there's always good and habits that form like within your body and the, the way you move around and so we have to sort of scratch all that and create new habits mm-hmm. and so um it's uh, and when it comes to skill as well, yeah. no matter what, you have habits, whether they're good or bad habits. Now, let's kind of scratch that and lay the groundwork. All right, here's the foundation. Here's where we start, and we build from there. Yeah. Um, what MKHourI11 asks, how does your app work, and what does it teach? The app is, so he doesn't have an app. You could go ahead and give a plug on that right now. <laughs> Actually, we'll do a little early. <laughs> right so the app is found in the link in my bio. Uh, I can Beeble on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. The app is something I've been waiting to jump on. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to have uh, to put something more in the hands of people really anywhere. So mm-hmm. I upload free game know drills and workouts and tips but i've wanted to put more really put some some sort of online academy right into people's hands where they could access anywhere and obviously that's uh, an app through the phone there's 
a lot that's sitting right now on my phone that I'm getting ready to upload that. So there's a lot more to come. Yeah. A lot of people have been asking about certain things, and I cannot wait to just upload it. Yeah. Right now it's um, um, uh, category-based. Yeah. So you have your ball handling. You have your shooting. You have elite guard skills. There's yeah. game reads. We're working on uploading a finishing portion, which we uh, have been getting a lot of inquiries yeah. about. So a lot of categories. And within those categories, you click on a workout. Yeah. And it will take you through a 20-minute, 30-minute, 45-minute workout. And uh, you can really pick and choose what you want to go through. The next thing we're going to be working on is a 30-day challenge yeah. with the off-season coming up mm -hmm. the season's coming to a close this is the perfect time to do some sort of reset and i can't wait to 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 launch that and the app is uh it's been a it's been a blessing i've always wanted to have some sort of residual you know um income, income and really just give people more access mm -hmm. Because you don't want to give out too much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you want to, sure. there's so much you want to give away. Yeah. And so that's the, uh, the, the app has just been um, perfect. Still, you know, still figuring out. Yeah. Um, we are going to be dedicating more time into it. Haven't really marketed it too much because there's a good amount of categories. But right now there's uh, about three more, possibly four, that we can go ahead and add. And then we're going to start. We're going to keep pushing it. But I'm, I'm excited to, to keep pushing. I guess I'm going back a little mm -hmm. bit here because I've learned this in my past podcast. Sometimes a question pops into my mind and it's not till like after. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to ask it already. Go ahead. But let me ask you this. Um, going back to when you went full time as a trainer or when you decided to become a trainer, did you go all in or did you quit? I mean, did you quit like your day job and go all in or was there a transition period? I was training on the side, mm -hmm. so there was a nice transition period, okay. but with COVID being up and down, you just don't know. There was some, right. there were busy times and there were slow times. Right. I went into it at a slow time, actually, mm -hmm. but I knew I had enough you know, saved up to where mm -hmm. if I fail within the next uh, six months... I'll be okay. Yeah. I have some, you know, I have some saved away. Yeah. If uh, if all goes bad, but we just knew we had to go all in mm -hmm. on it, and it was a weird time. My grandma had just uh, passed away, so in the first month of going full time, grandma was not doing oh, well. Man. We were, we took time off to be with her for her last, for her last, um, you know, couple weeks, and so. Right off the bat, I'm already taking a couple weeks off. Yeah. You know, and then you have, you know, the services on on top of that, which was like an, um, a week or two later. And so yeah. that's more time off right as soon as we go full time into it. And so it was a it was a slow start yeah. because of that. And then just trying to figure out the software because it is a business. Mm -hmm. It's fun creating content and all yeah. that stuff. But I'm blessed to have my brother who works yeah. with me. He takes care of all, all a lot of the back the end. business side, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I'm, I'm really fortunate. Yeah. he's He knows a lot about that area. And he's he's currently in school for it. So I get to enjoy and do my thing. Mm -hmm. And he does what he's studying yeah. for. And so that's it's it's awesome. We have our battles. Yeah. We have our battles. Um, 
And there's been times when, you know, I wasn't I wasn't sure if uh, I would have to start learning accounting or anything oh, like really? that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's 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 key. Yeah, he's key in what we're able to do and 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 push. So I'm I'm grateful for him. Yeah, I should yeah. be his nickname, Keith the Key, Key. Hey, <laughs> um, he is because if I'm locked out of the account, yeah. like hey, Keith, uh, I'll sign into something. Oh, it's uh, Keith at I can be well locked. Hey, Keith, uh, this needs your login, man. So he literally is the key. What so. was a what was a moment that you were like? I guess it showed promise. You know, I, I you know like where was the moment? Was it probably a brand deal or was it? I know you got to train with Julius Randall and who who was the trainer that you trained with when you were with Julius Randall? Jordan Lolly. Jordan Lolly. J Law B Ball. Um, yeah. Which moment would you think as like? I guess the part I said this in my last couple of podcasts. Hey, look, ma, I made it. I guess or if you've had that, like, which one were you like? Okay, this is doing well. <laughs> like, which one was it? Is <laughs> when I got to train two Warriors players. Okay. Yeah. So I got to train with them just one-on-one. Which Warriors players? So Juan Toscano-Anderson. I got to train him. Um, I worked with him one time, mm-hmm. and he has, his, he has his own trainer. Yeah. Um, but he was in the area. Yeah. Uh, same area as I was in and said, hey, we can get into this gym. And it was his first workout um, in the off-season. Um, he was just coming off an uh, ankle injury. Right. Um, I want to be really respectful because I know he has his own. Yeah. He has his own uh, trainer, but, you know, we were in the kind of the same area. Yeah. So I uh, was able to, to work with him and then worked out um, Jordan Poole a couple times. That's crazy. And so. This he, is a small world. Yeah, he, uh, um, it was not last season, but it was the off season before mm-hmm. where, or it was, uh, no, it was, it, was, it was in the off season when he texted back and said or he texted me and said i want to get back in the lab yeah i want to be i want to work on some ball handling and finishing stuff yeah do you have a gym in sf or do i have to come out to san jose yeah well i'll go out to him yeah but in the middle of covid it's just so hard to find a gym right i was making phone calls for about a month straight i just yeah. couldn't couldn't find anything unless i pay a hundred something an hour for yeah. for a gym and I just couldn't find a, a, a spot. And so I was able to just reconnect. Maybe uh, this offseason we'll be able to get back in with him. But at the time, um, just being able to work him out, it just showed some promise. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he enjoyed it. I was able to show him a couple things. Um, and the, the guy loves to work, and he's a he's a sniper. Yeah. Just working him out, we did a four minute drill. Yeah. And we do we did this drill. It's one ball, and the shooter is getting up as many shots as they can. Shoot, relocate, shoot, relocate, make or miss. Yeah. He got sixty in four minutes. Dang. I asked the guy at Jordan Lolly's gym. I was like, Hey, what's what's the record for the four minute drill? He said, oh, 55. Dang. I said, Jordan Poole just got 60. Yo. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy you say that because my second episode of the podcast, I interviewed one of my former players who is now an NBA barber. He is the NBA barber of Jordan Poole. No way. Not even joking. And you trained Jordan Poole. Yo, we got to get Jordan Poole here. Yo. Like, this is the next one. It just makes sense. He probably lives down the street. <laughs> For real? Yo, we had his barber, his trainer. Yo, 
Jordan Poole, get over here. Being Pascal Siakam to you. I was just texting his, uh, or his best friend, just yeah. reach out to me. Um, I guess he's um, uh, he's offering like some some tickets mm-hmm. at a family discounted rate and whatnot. I have yet to go Dude. to a Warriors game at Chase Center. Wait, seriously? I have yet to go to. <laughs> Is it because of COVID? Um, partly because of COVID and with like the whole like restrictions oh, and new yeah, restrictions yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. I just decided to just kind of just stay out. Yeah, of it, it does get annoying. Yeah, I, and I know so um, just kind of. Um, been wanting to to go yeah and so we might uh we might be checking it out sometime soon yeah. so that's crazy um <laughs> but that's 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 right there small, it's a small yeah, world that's well awesome. i got two last questions here and if you've been if you've listened to any of our podcasts i guess you might expect this to come but what is your definition of failure so you can fail mm-hmm over and over and over Michael Jordan said I've failed over and over and over right. which is why I have succeeded mm-hmm. you can fail as many times uh, as you could possibly take it or mm-hmm. can't take it yeah but that doesn't necessarily make you a failure mm-hmm. I think a failure is when you look at the now mm-hmm. and the before and that's where you continue to live. The exact opposite of that is being a success. Yeah. You look at someone who's successful and they just don't seem to stop. Yeah. When you look at today and look at yesterday and in the good and the bad, yeah. what's happened in your life, that's that's where you're going to continue to live. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I just never had any quit and want to stop. Although right. it just, there was just uh, so much stress, and it was it would have been easy to just kind of let go and quit. Yeah. But the thought of where I wanted to be, yeah, I feel like is success. I yeah. by no means have arrived, mm-hmm. but we all shoot for success. Right. And if we were just to sort of stop now, and the blame uh blame game yeah and like woe is me you know i had i had this happen to me i I can't do this anymore my friends have done that that's when you become a a failure right but when you know where you're going it's not about what you've done it's what it's about what you're doing when you realize that that's the path to success Mm -hmm. like i said i've not arrived you know far from it but i know we're I want to go now. Yeah. And this picture was only painted recently, yeah. right, within the last couple of years. And it's cool to see, like, these last couple of years made so many connections, um, more than, uh, I almost want to say, most than most of my whole life combined. That's crazy. Yeah. But it just, it, it started off saying, I'm going to train kids. Yeah. Let's go tear down the fruit trees. Yeah, That's and cool. start a basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> and that <laughs> weekend awesome. we did it. So it took action. Yeah, and you have to sit down and learn, you know, and then work hard and and do all that. But in the meantime, at least you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I like to tell kids, and I picked this up from a basketball camp: your perspiration, like your sweat equity, has to meet your expectations or your 
perspir- your perspiration has to meet your aspirations. Mm-hmm. So the kid that looked at me and said, I want to make it to the league. And I thought, are you serious? Yeah. I just told him, well, if this is where you want to go, that's how hard you have to work. Yeah. And so being a failure is not what anyone has um, in their bucket list. No yeah. one ever wants to become one, mm-hmm. but it's so easy to become one. Yeah. You can fail. And this is the failed podcast. Yeah. Failure is, is part of life. Yeah. Years from now, you learn to embrace those, Yeah, we'll call them failures. Mm-hmm. Being a failure is one thing. Failures different. are quite, you know, is, 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 are quite different. Yeah. You know, years from now, you'll embrace failures. But the now is not the time to, now is not the time to look down and look back. Yeah. Right? As long well, as we st- stay focused, look yeah. ahead, man. So I guess, no yeah, in a way, and I love that you said that because that's, I feel like that hasn't been spoken here. You know, we've, we've said people, when every time I ask this question, people say like quitting and we, you've, you've reiterated that, but I like what you said, whereas pretty much failure is dwelling in the past, looking back and looking now and not looking ahead, you know, and that is something so many people battle with. I battle with that still. There are still nights that I'm like, dang, you know, it's it. You know, a lot of it, you know, I think of like, I'll tell you a story. There was a time that I almost bought Bitcoin, but I didn't. (laughs) I think about that all the time. (laughs) You know how much Bitcoin was when I was about to buy it? $2. I was going to buy $200 worth of Bitcoin. For $2 each, that would have been 100 Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I would have been $3 million right now. (sighs) But I'm saying it's just like, man. But it's, I mean, I know that's a little humorous, but I always look back at there are things that I'm like, man. I do have regret. And I think the failure is dwelling in that past. You're right. It's, it's about moving forward and, and not quitting and just pressing, keep going forward. And I guess, I mean, you've already touched on this, but definition of success. So what is your definition of failure? What is your definition of success? I guess we'll just reiterate that because you already kind of answered it. But what is your definition of success? Being able to do something you love mm-hmm. that benefits others mm. being in a baller mansion yeah having you know buying anything you know money could afford right to some people is success, success and that's their def- definition mm-hmm. i think my definition is being able to do what you love and help other people while you're at it yeah now in the meantime, not putting your family at risk. Yeah. But, you know, as long as you're you're happy and do what you love. Yeah. You know, and helping others in the meantime. That has definitely been my new definition of success within these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Before it was getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think now success would have to be, be being like something. Yeah. You know, we, and I still preach, you know, you know, make a goal. Like, uh, we've often heard said, you know, aim for the, uh, aim for the moon. If you hit the street, like goals are important and we want to get somewhere. Yeah. But you, oftentimes you see a lot of people get there. Yeah. And then once they get there, they, they've experienced it all. Yeah. It's a rapid downhill from there. 
And so if you're able to, and a lot of times it's, it's, it's all, it's all about me, me, me. What can I get? Mm-hmm. What can I get? The people who are happiest are the people who give. Yeah. I'm not right now necessarily killing it. I don't yeah. have a baller bank account, but I find joy in giving and we, we, we learn about it. We learn about it in church. Yeah. But it's so true. Giving doesn't necessarily have to be about money. Yeah. It could be about time. Like you taking the time to come meet me here in the city. Oh, dude. <laughs> Man, that I I feel I feel blessed. That has done a lot for, for me. You gave mm-hmm. your, your time and your time of travel. And it's um you know, no matter what happens with this uh like with this with this podcast where yeah. where it goes. Man, I I hope it I hope it takes off. Yeah. Man, you're man, you're 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 blessing. You're you're giving your your time and I find enjoyment in in this. Yeah. And so everyone's success is going to be different. And I love but, that you said that because you know, for me, and I've said this, I want this podcast to take off because of the fact that I want to help people. Mm-hmm. Like like sure the money. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I want the money, but I want the money so that it could provide for us so I don't Absolutely. have to do other things I just want that I want to help people you know I, lo- I love mm-hmm. helping people and I then that's the first time I've heard someone say that success is helping people and I love that I really do you know I actually uh, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure but I've been watching Mr. Beast yeah. videos <laughs> yeah. and he's killing it like yeah. the biggest YouTuber right now oh for sure but when he's asked how much he makes, he makes millions on each video, mm-hmm. but pours it back into yeah, the next does. video. He does. Because you look at, he's renting SoFi Stadium, yeah. giving out millions. Yeah. And how is he able to afford all this? Anything that comes in, they just give it right back. And he always yeah. says, our our margins are razor thin. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this guy's the most successful guy on that platform. And he's just giving back. And people love him. Yeah. So I think he people realize how real he is because I remember his first video. He talked about that. He said that um, uh, his first brand deal. He said, "If you gave me a thousand bucks, I'll give it, <laughs> or ten thousand. If you gave me ten thousand dollars for this brand deal, this video, I will give all ten thousand. They're like, okay, seriously? Like they thought he was hmm. joking. He was for real. He did give away ten thousand dollars, and he only made ten thousand dollars in that video. But I think people see through that." You know, mm-hmm. people see through the fact that, like, when he gives money now, it's not fake. Like, he actually legitimately likes doing it. Mm-hmm. It's It wasn't just for content. But, mm-hmm. thankfully, people love watching him give, and it just blew up. And then now, I mean, he's... Yeah, he legit gives, though. Because yeah. someone, uh, there's a creator who was in uh, some creator contest. Yeah. He won $100,000. Yeah. He was like, oh well, let's see if this $100,000 actually comes in. Yeah. And he waited, waited, had to go through some taxes and yeah. like IRS stuff, whatever. And then, boom, no, I, 100 grand came in. Yeah. And what's cool about that, mm. he actually pays for the taxes too. You know that? Mm. That's crazy. So when he yeah. gives a car, he pays for the taxes. Because, so you know, like if you go to like the prices, right? If you, mm-hmm. if you win a vacation, mm-hmm. you have to pay for the taxes. And most people mm-hmm. end up actually not doing the vacation or get, keeping the car right. because they can't pay for the taxes. Mm-hmm. So they just end up selling the car, pay for the taxes and keep whatever money is left over. So if it's a $20,000 car or whatever taxes they're going to give, they're just going to keep the money of that, which is still cool. Not belittling it. Yeah. But I guess respect to Mr. Beast because not only will he give you the car, he will pay for the taxes. Yeah. 
of that, which is crazy. Yeah. So if he gives you like something that's worth a million, he'll pay for the taxes of that. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's huge, yeah. man. <laughs> like, so respect to Mr. Oh, Beast, yeah. man. Mr. Beast, oh, yeah. come to the podcast. Anyways, oh, no. <laughs> go ahead and give a plug. What you got going on in your life? Want to give a plug for your app, Instagram, socials? Go ahead. Right on. So we're on Instagram and TikTok at I Can Be Ball. We have an app, and we're looking to do a summer full of events. If you play basketball, if you're in the Bay Area or even in Southern California, we're going to be doing making a couple stops over there this summer. We hope you could stop by, check us out. We're definitely going to be doing some work with this guy. Anything that you see visually when it comes to logos, he's actually making a camp website for us. This guy is the plug for it. He's been a huge help uh, within our marketing uh, side of things. And I want to thank James Abrat for doing that for us and for having me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for my guest being here today. And uh, please give him a follow. Please give me a follow as well on Twitter, James underscore Abrot 1030. Follow me on Instagram, James Abrot. And go ahead and like and subscribe this video. And if you know anyone, please, if you know anyone that you know could be a help, maybe you're listening to it and say, you know what? I'm not really... I guess I don't need this right now, but I know somebody that can be helped by this. That's my goal. Go ahead, send this over to them. Send them this channel. Send this episode to them. And we I would just love to help. That's just the truth. I'd love to help. And yes, please like and subscribe because that'll help me continue helping you, <laughs> the channel. And yeah, in the words of Jerry White, I'm out. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs>